It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry. Hello, this is Pamela Curry, franchise consultant for aspiring entrepreneurs looking to find a franchise that aligns for them, as well as the founder and host of the Franchise Business Radio Show. For our regular listeners, you know that this is a platform that was founded to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise ownership. I am very happy to say that we are physically in the Pro Business Channel studio today. This is not virtual. And uh, we have an excellent guest on the show, which is a a highly sought-after topic for anyone that is considering franchise ownership. Uh, Whether you are a franchisor or a franchisee, this is an episode you want to listen to because what we're going to be talking about is this, what are you doing to put together a real estate site selection strategy? Our guest today is Dan Wirtz. Welcome, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so happy to have you. I, I want to share uh, with our listeners a little bit about your background. Uh, Dan Wirtz founded Windsor Realty Group in 1996 with an eye towards bringing a deeper level of sophistication to the commercial real estate category. Windsor specializes in custom targeted solutions for retail, office, and industrial clients uh, through its proprietary right people, right markets, right real estate approach. Uh, Dan and the Windsor team have helped dozens of clients in over 350 cities across North America find successful solutions for their businesses. Windsor client list includes an impressive array of many well-known brands, including Massage Envy, uh, Orange Theory Fitness, True Rest, The Joint, European Wax Centers, MedVet, Island Wing Company, Amazing Lash Studios, Alloy Personal Training, uh, Rock and Roll Sushi, Dogtopia, Brand Energy, uh, lots and lots of other brands, Tropical Smoothie, Metro PCS, State Farm, and HR Block. So we have a expert in the studio that is is really going to give us some true insight on what does it take to have a sophisticated real estate strategy. Dan, with that being said, I, I, I kind of want to start off with what some people might think is an obvious question, but I don't know if it really is. And it's this, who is your customer? That is um, probably the key piece to uh, our real estate strategy, as you talked about, um, we really want to uh, put together a plan that we call target market real estate. And what that really means is there's three reasons of success uh, for a franchisee and, and for a franchisor. And the three reasons is, uh, number one, you've got to have the right operator. Mm. And to have the right operator, um, you know, hopefully the franchisor is picking the right operator, uh, something that we don't play a part in. But the second one uh, is being in the right market. Mm. 
And, and being in the right market really means being in the densest area of your potential customer. And I think it's something that's overlooked quite a bit of really understanding who is your customer. Uh, I think we could go back uh, years and, and we had some real estate bus where people were all trying to move to the, the new frontier because <laughs> uh, there was going to be great growth strategies and they were going to build you know 40,000 homes and it was going to be great. The problem is the customer wasn't there and they're not going to come for many years. And so franchisees have you know, made mistakes in the past of not going to the right area based on density of their potential customer. Um, once you understand the right market to be in based on uh, your customer and who they are, then I think uh, then you want to find the best real estate in that market. So we've put together a program we call Target Market Real Estate, which really means, you know, find the right target area based on your customer mm -hmm. and then find the best real estate within that target area. And if we can do that, then we can put together um, a real estate site that's successful for our franchisees. That makes sense. And and that in itself is kind of identifying a, a real estate strategy. Uh, sometimes we approach things a little bit differently these days, and, and that's where you're unique is in your approach. Uh, what are some of the things, other things that you would recommend or identify as a good approach to a real estate strategy? So I think the, the first thing that everybody has to do is is find out who is your customer, as we talked about. And I think mm -hmm. that's the one that's missing is I, I think in in years gone by, it was um, go find a piece of real estate that you really liked and then kind of justify the means of, well, then look at these demographics. These got to work. Um, you know, an, an interesting stories we had, you know, and this was, you know, many years ago. I don't want to date myself. But, uh, <laughs> You're in good company. <laughs> we, we had a, uh, we had a, a major brand that came to our office and said, we really want you to help us find real estate. And our question was, well, tell me what you're looking for. And their answer was, we want an A-plus site. And we said, wow. okay, that's that's great. So tell me what an A-plus site is. Well, you know, it's it's a home run. You know, it's it's that great real estate. It's And what we realized is the franchisor didn't know what a great site was. They didn't know who their customer was. And that really puts people in position to to fail when you don't know where to look. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's when we made uh, a decision that we need to first understand who the customer is uh, and really define that. So then we can then overlay any type of metro area to be able to look at where is the densest area of a potential customer first mm -hmm. and then understand the real estate characteristics to find the best site. I think what is really unique about today's day and age is technology has ah. gotten so advanced um, that, you know, we can now use, uh, you know, what we use at Uber Media, which is a, a, a platform that really just tracks people's cell phone. You know, mm. Big Brother is watching everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you can do that, in the old days, it was, it was hard to define your customer unless you gave a survey. Now you have the ability to, you know, use programs to be able to identify who's come into your store and then you can actually then segment who they are demographically and psychographically. And to be able to use those tools, now we can find out the most important things that we need about your customer is who they are, mm -hmm. what their characteristics are, and then how far they come and where they come from. And if we know those things, then we can develop a strategy that is able to identify the target areas where we would find the best 
density of your customer and where they can go for your product or service. That makes sense. And to bring this to the franchise community, uh, kind of like you know said, sometimes franchisors they don't really think through what that strategy is. And if I understand correctly, a franchisor is one of your customers. Absolutely. And uh, and you're able to come in and guide them with, hey, let's take a step back. Let's yeah. put together a more, oh, how is it, targeted approach. Approach. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think the, the, the main questions you get from a franchisor, which uh, are very good questions, is, how many locations can I do in a certain area? Mm. You know, so you know we're, we're in Atlanta today. So how many mm-hmm. how many locations can I do for my concept in Atlanta? Uh, you know, the old days was you took the total population and divided by a number, and that told you, well, I can do that many. Well, that's not the case because you have a specific client base that comes and uses your service. So we need to understand that density so that we can come back to them and say, you know, in Atlanta. You could do, you know, there's 15 targeted areas. Uh, and, and then that gives them the tools to know how many franchises that they can sell in mm. Atlanta. Um, helps with, you know, somebody that wants to do multiple. Where can I go but keep them close together, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first one that I think is very, very important is, is where I can go. And the second one is then how do I evaluate this will be a successful location? And I think that's where using the tools that, that we have uh, today with, with the resources that you uh, have in front of you is to be able to then identify, you know, the market and then the real estate within it to make sure that it meets the proper criteria for successful locations. Uh, you're making me think of that uh, that well-known phrase, location, location, location. Talk to us about that. <laughs> well, it, it and, you're absolutely right. It would be the answer to that. Is, uh, <laughs> yes to it all. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. But I, I think what is really unique about that, and, and as we thought about location, 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 what does it mean? Uh, and it really can mean multiple things. And, and as we talked about our, our target uh, market real estate process, which is right people, right market, then right real estate, I think location means all three of those. Mm. So for you know, for the the franchisee, a lot of times location really means I want to buy my house. Uh, I want to have the convenience of being close, but also the familiarity of what's around me. I, I know the people. I understand the people that I would hire. I understand who I'm going to market to. I'm comfortable within there. Mm-hmm. And, and it is, is, there's an interesting um, uh, study, if you want, or or, or – that you can have with a, a franchisee and you can show them all the areas in, in a metro area where to go and they will not like five or six of them say those won't work. Well, it's not that they won't work. It really means they don't want to go there. Ah. They want to go where they want to go. So mm-hmm. so that's one location. I think the second one is you know, marketing people and, and we're very passionate about that marketing and real estate need to go together because yeah. marketing has defined who your customer is and why marketing didn't run down to the real estate office and tell them, here's who we're looking for. Let's go find them to go find the best locations. But mm-hmm. but there is that demographic makeup or, or even which we use uh, a lot of lifestyle segmentation now too, which is really what are the spending habits of the demographic you're going after as well to really understand it. Mm-hmm. But if we can do that, you know, 
then again, we're being much more you know precise of of who we're going after and working together between the real estate people and the marketing people. But but their location is very driven on demographics. Your, your third location then is going to be your your real estate guy. That's going to be well. It's all about the characteristics of the real estate, mm-hmm. and it's all about the economics of the real estate. And, and that location will work because I I stood in front of it and I saw the signage and I saw the the visibility and I saw the the traffic count. Well, that's correct too. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of an overall theme of it is really to be successful. You need to look at all those locations. Uh, and they all have different meanings and they're all important. And and so to make a good evaluation, you'd really want to use more of a, a decision matrix or a decision tree to say, yes, it works here for this location piece for the franchisee. Because again, they're the number one reason of success. So we want to make sure they're happy. Mm-hmm. Number two is it does meet the demographics of whom we're going after and and the segmentation or however we're looking at that that makeup of the client. And then the third one is it also has to meet the real estate criteria as well. And if you can marry them all in, in like a decision tree, uh, you can be successful. I like that, the decision tree. Uh, and uh, and we obviously we were talking about how the franchisor is your customer, but really the extended customer, like you just alluded to, is the franchisee. And uh, you're, when someone signs that franchise agreement... And uh, it is a franchise that requires bricks and mortar, a site selection. You're pretty much the welcoming committee because that's one of the first steps. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Talk to us about that. So, uh, and I think it's extremely important, right? Because they've they've paid that fee, and the minute they paid the fee, they're losing money till they open the doors mm-hmm. in, in the franchisee's mind, but. But, you know, one of the things that we talk about in, in our office is very important is is you almost have to, we made up this word, but you have to be franchisee-centric. Mm, you have mm-hmm. to be focused on the franchisee. And I think yep. the most successful brands are the ones that are focused on making their franchisees successful. And if, if that's the thought process, then the first thing you want to do is you want to immediately get them engaged in getting into the site selection program to understand it. and. And one of the things that's really important to us uh, is the ability to educate them to make the right decision. And and we really believe it's important that they have ownership in Mm. this decision. This is their money. This is not – they don't want people to tell them what to do. They don't want the franchisor to tell them where to go. They don't want their real estate person to tell them where to go. What our job is to educate them – on the factors that we talk about in the, in the process and, and the site selection to get them educated up to speed so that ultimately they're making the right decision. Mm. Uh, I, I often tell people, Pam, that, that we're almost more important in keeping them from doing things they shouldn't do. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but ultimately, uh, when they say at the end of the day, gosh, I really picked the right site, that's when you know you've been successful. Yeah. That's that's a feel good moment right there. Yeah. Uh, I guess you know if I were a a new franchisee and you know the idea of you know seeing my my business and lights as they like to say it's very exciting piece it's very emotional decision on a lot of levels. Uh, you know I guess the very first question would come to my mind is how do I even go about looking for real estate? How do you answer that? That, again, it, it, 
very common question that you have every day is, is it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do I go? What do I look for? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, the, the way to kind of break it down is really, you know, back to the target market real estate, as we talked about, is you want to define specifically where you're looking first. Because again, if you told somebody, I want to open up in Charlotte, North Carolina or mm-hmm. wherever, that's overwhelming. I, I don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I want to understand what is my target area. Mm. And if we've done that on the front end, then we can get very specific into this target area, which is going to be a matter of blocks. Um, we're looking at commercial real estate. So commercial real estate is not like residential real estate that right. they're all over or they're building it everywhere, et cetera. It's going to be on a couple intersections. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to have their unique criteria. But if we can educate them on what that is, then we're going to get it very streamlined into your total opportunities. And we really want to put together a master list of buildings, uh, which would be it may be 20 buildings in that target area at best. Uh, And so to make that decision – for a franchisee, again, we've always said they've got to have the information. Mm. And so where I think a lot of people are challenged is they're thrown a side or two. And it's hard to say, is that a good side or not a good side if you don't have the information of all the sites that you can and can't do. So what we really want to do is put together a master list of buildings and then be able to reach out to each uh, individual landlord or landlord agent to be able to talk about the concept we're working with, what we're looking for, and how to proactively get into them because these are going to be locations that we want to do, but we want to be proactively looking for them versus reactively hoping, you know, hey, there was a sign in the window and I saw an open space <laughs> and I did it. But, but if you can do that and you can put together of these 20 buildings, mm-hmm. we had seven available. Here's the availability and here are the rates and, and how we can compare and contrast them. And then here's 13 that weren't available and here's why. I had an exclusive use, couldn't do it. They had space that was too big, too big couldn't subdivide it. Um, they were 100% leased. Mm. Uh, all those things. Now what you're doing is you're educating that franchisee of, okay, these are my opportunities. Um, but you've also exhausted those opportunities in that target area. So the answer is, A, of those seven, one might work, et cetera, and go down the road. Or if they don't, then you choose another target area. Mm. And that way you kind of, I, I guess, piece it together and, and are able to get them in, in bites that they can handle. Yeah, I, I like what you just said there, having that master list, because it, it does allow you to get educated. And you know, I don't know if you're cross coming but then start prioritizing, because you probably aren't going to get everything you want, but at least it allows you to start understanding what different criteria in those different sites so you can start prioritizing and figure out which one is the preferred best option. You're, you're 100% correct on that. And I think that's exactly how you want to go through that then uh, available list is, again, start prioritizing. But, you know, one of the things that was important to us also is uh, my father was an industrial psychologist, mm-hmm. so I had a lot of psychology. But one of the things that he went through was the hierarchy of learning. And where decisions are made. And you start out with people that, in his words, not not mine, but, you know, it's a it's an unconscious incompetence, which is uh-huh. the person that doesn't know what they don't know. Right, right. And, and a lot of people start out that way. And, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that talk a lot about things you 
they don't even know what they're talking about. And, and we've, <laughs> oh, all, yeah. we've all dealt with them and, and, and they're funny. Uh, but then you're going to get into the next step where franchisees start, which is it's, it's that conscious incompetence. Mm-hmm. I, I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to do it. Yes. But nobody's going to make a decision until they get to the third level, which is the conscious competence. Mm-hmm. And so really what, you know, our job is, is to get them to that level to be able to make a good decision. Yes. I know. I understand that competency model because I used to train around it. So I I think that was well said and right on track. Are there are there tools out there that can be used? And if so, what I mean, what tools are out there that can someone use? One of the again, there there's lots of tools and it's it's putting them together. Putting them to, together. Getting that toolbox together. It's <laughs> probably the the biggest challenge I think uh for uh, somebody that just wants to dabble and look, I think, you know, most people are going to go to LoopNet to uh, look and just get an idea of what's out there. And I think that's a, that's always a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as we talked about you know, earlier, you really want to understand where to go first. And, and that's not going to be driven by the real estate. It's going to be driven by your client. And mm-hmm. to understand your client, I think the first thing, you know, you really want to do is, is you know, understand who your client is. Uh, you can do that through, you know, if... Yeah, there is there's companies called Uber Media, uh, which is a, a great resource to be able to. Uh, in essence, you can draw a box around your current location, and then they'll send back to you who your customer is and and what that demographic is, and when they come, and what days they come, and wow, and all that Amazing. information, which is great information to have. And 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 once you understand that, um, I think you can then you know, start putting together your plan. I think um, other ways to do it is to understand other like type businesses that you want to be around. Uh, you know, so it's the old fast food, you know, theory, which is, <laughs> you know, they all followed each other. But I, I think if there's some brands that you think you want to be like, yes. I think that's another great way to just, you know, validate that you're looking in an area that they would look in uh, to get you targeted to where you should be looking for real estate. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, of course, the, the magical question, what's a good deal? <laughs> that, is, that is the magical question. That is a moving target, right? As, <laughs> as you know, we get into, you know, uh, different markets and, and how strong the market is and, and who's got more control, the landlord or the tenant, and mm. uh, what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. I think the important part of that is to understand the entire market. And that's where we're going back to putting together that master list. And, and yes, it's extra work. And I think a lot of people, you know, I found something, I want to do it. But I think if you do the homework first and you put the time in first to really understand it and educate yourself first, mm-hmm. you can do a much better job of making a decision on the back end. And quite honestly, it's going to go faster right. at the end because then you're going to know what the different – um, different landlords are quoting for different buildings and what different ones are offering different things. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many different things that can go into a deal. As mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, rent is the one everybody starts with, but you know, I mean, what kind of free rent can I get? And what kind of build out period can I have? And, right. And what kind of allowance is he going to give me? And, and everyone's unique. But again, if you take the time to go through each one of them and understand it, I think, again, educate yourself to make better decisions. Who uh, in the franchisee relationship, who is responsible for doing those negotiations? 
Is that the franchisee? Is that you as the real estate expert? Who owns that piece? So that'd be something that uh, your real estate um, representative should should do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that you know really the the process would 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 go from you know once you've identified that that, that target area, then you're going to go to do the the search, which is putting together a master list of the buildings, and then once that master list is together. Then you're going to go out and tour the ones that that are available that make sense to the franchisee. And and once you've gone through that tour, um, you're going to evaluate of which ones make that short list. And then you're probably going to start sending out letter of intents. And letter of intents are the ones where you're going to go through as uh, we're talking about all the different criteria that are going to go into it. You know, from again rent, free rent, fixturization period, tenant improvement allowance, renewals, exclusives. Um, signage, um, first right of refusals, uh, all sorts of things that are going to go into that letter of intent. And most franchisors have put together a template for mm-hmm. them. Uh, and so as long as you're, again, knowledgeable of the different parts of it, then then you want to take that template and fill it out, which makes most sense for you, um, but also is adaptable to who your landlord is because different landlords have, you know, different financial resources. You know, mama pops probably can't give you a lot of tenant improvement allowance, mm. but if they can't do that, they can give you more free rent. Um, you know, REITs are going to probably want to more buy a deal and, and give you more tenant improvement allowance, but they don't really want to touch the free rent as much. Mm. Um, some have rate movement, others won't. So again, using your real estate professional, I think is one that can guide you to understand what makes a good deal and, and what makes sense and doesn't make sense for each unique situation. Very helpful that you laid out that process, uh, you know, the steps involved. And, you know, once you've gotten to that place, like you said, you're working with your real estate professional, uh, you have found that location. Uh, what are the next steps from there? You're signing something. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about that. <laughs> no, and that's the... Uh the the um, the challenging part when you start bringing in all the other people, uh, I, I think once you get to that letter of intent and you start and then you know get to an agreement of terms, that's when a lot of other wheels start spinning because then you go start looking at okay now I have to put a plan together of how I'm going to build it out, and at that time you're going to start bringing in construction people and architects. Uh, in addition, you're going to have to request a lease draft. And a landlord's going to prepare a lease draft. And then once that's put together, we recommend everybody uses a real estate attorney. Mm. And I think it's it's important that, that they use a real estate attorney and not their friend who's an attorney. <laughs> uh, yes. Because they're daunting. You know, they're, they're 50, 60 pages sometimes. And there's a lot of things in there that you're like, that's not really reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of things in there that they probably aren't going to change. But mm-hmm. what are the things that really matter? Uh, and that's something that I think with your you know, real estate representative and your attorney to guide you through the things that are important, uh, things that can be negotiated and things that uh, probably, though they don't make you happy, uh, are probably things that aren't going to make or break your deal of being successful. Um, you're also going to go through that, you know, probably some sort of lending process at that time. And you're going to bring in your you know, your banker and SBA has got to be going on at that same time. And all those things you need to coordinate it. And, and what we like to believe that we are is a little bit of, you know, there's a team out there, but we're the quarterback. Mm. And kind of getting everybody, 
you know, organized and doing the things they should be doing as we get you focused on getting that lease finalized and signed and getting the construction started. Makes sense. Is there, what is a common term, and is there a common term for a lease? Uh, like for a franchise agreement, uh, usually a com- uh, you might see it for 10 years. Some might be five years. Some franchise agreements might be 10 years, 15 years. But I think what I see most commonly is 10. How does that work with a site lease agreement? That's a great question. I, I, the way we would look at it is I, I think to get you know free rent and tenant improvement allowance, et cetera, I, I think most people would start with a five-year lease. Mm-hmm. Now, as you said, a franchise agreement most times is 10 years mm-hmm. or more. And so would I look at doing a 10-year lease? And the answer is yes, if there's value in it. So our recommendation is you start with a five-year lease and, and start that LOI at five years. Find out what kind of deal you're getting. Am I getting free rent in that five years? Am I getting what type of tenant improvement allowance? Then you can say, all right, Mr. Landlord, mm-hmm. Ms. Landlord, mm-hmm. if I decide to move to a 10-year deal, what's the value? Do I get more improvement allowance? Do I get more free rent? If the answer is, if you did 10 years, I would give you an extra $10, $20 a square foot, and I'd give you a six-month free rent, then there may be a reason to do the 10-year deal. If the answer is, no, I don't care, then I'll stick to the five-year lease uh, and make sure you have a five-year renewal. I would say, and then you just have a renewal absolutely uh, in place, which that's how a franchise agreement works as well, right? Is mm-hmm. a term, and then you've got the renewal yep. option. So, oh, that makes sense. Uh, any, I mean, any other tips? I mean, uh, I guess another general question that comes to my mind is in that agreement: Would they ever say, "Well, we we can't accept you as a personal care salon that does"? nails because we already have a tenant in here that does nails. Um, are those kind of restrictions out there? Sure, uh, sure. And those are all going to be in your exclusive use clauses or restrictive use clauses. Okay. And again, something that you definitely want to look at during the LOI process to make okay. sure that you can do the use. Mm. Um, and it's probably, you know, most times we'll get flushed out at that time. Um, and you're going to be precluded from a lot of centers because there are so many like type uses. Um, so part of this, you know, I tell everybody as you're even looking for space is, is know that there are going to be disappointments, disappointments because you're going to look and there's that beautiful space that's, you know, there. <laughs> and then to your point, there's that, that nail salon that also has one massage chair and all of a sudden massage envy can't go in there because mm. they have an exclusive on it. And you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. They don't compete with me, but it's the nature of the beast. And so mm-hmm. it, it's one of those processes that I think you, you have to really know that you're probably going to have a setback or two. And if mm-hmm. you think about the, the timeline of a, of a, you know, you sign that franchise agreement to when you open, mm-hmm. um, we always tell everybody, you know, and, and not that we all don't want to do as fast as we possibly can. Sure. But, you know, think about it, it's going to be a nine-month process before you open your doors. You just said, well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, and, I, and I think that's that's fair. That's a fair timeline. And and what we'll do, Pam, is we'll kind of just back it up so people understand, you know, we all want to go fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but your build-out period alone is probably going to be 120 days. Mm-hmm. So now you're down to, you got five months to get your deal signed getting through a lease, 
you know, it, it, lawyers involved, uh, it, you're 30 days to get a lease done, which we all think that it's pretty much templated and should be able to put the, you know, the <laughs> names and dates in there and we get it done. But it doesn't happen that way. Uh, the lawyers get involved. And so now you've got four, you know, months to get a deal done. You're going to have to negotiate a deal. Um, there might be a hiccup in there. You may have to deal with some SBA in there. And, and all of a sudden, you know, then there's the tour. And, and all of a sudden you realize, yeah, it could take nine months. Yep. Makes sense. I know that you're headquartered here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, you service, is it all of the Southeast? Who do you service? So we are where? So we represent uh, a lot of franchisors and, and major brands. And so we'll work with them all over the country. Okay. And again, using, you know, as we talked about the target market approach, once you can, you know, understand the city and be able to overlay where are those target areas based on their specific model that was that we put together for them then you're really into very specific targeted areas to then be able to proactively find the right real estate and uh you know even one of our clients today had a call with me that it's even more important right now to even look at you know even the new builds that are coming up because again it's a tight market out there right now to find that right real estate piece uh, with everything going on right now, I you know I think like everything is so inflated in crazy ways. I know the housing market is. Is that the case today with commercial real estate as well? It is a landlord's market. Okay, um, and you know it, it's interesting because I think we all thought through COVID that we would mm-hmm. see a, a downturn, but um, you know God bless the USA and the mm-hmm. ability to you know uh, help us all. Which was, you know, very fortunate. I think for everybody, it kept everybody afloat, which I think we're all thankful for. Yeah. Um, but so we didn't see the downturn because people were able to survive through it. And then I think there was a little bit of pent up demand as we got back out there, and people wanted to get out and use the services. And so I think a lot of people uh, got back up and running as fast as possible. But you know, landlords got compensated as well. And so there wasn't really a deterrent from a market that was really good going into COVID. And um, it'll be interesting in the next nine to 12 months on what transpires as we're seeing, you know, inflation coming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wages are having to go up because it's tough to get employees. And, and ultimately, that's going to come back to the consumer and, mm-hmm. and you know, franchisors pricing is going to go up. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, ultimately, there's that balance of what can you pay? as a tenant, you know, uh, in rent and still be able to, you know, do the pricing structure you have for your services. Sure. And, and that'll be a delicate balance to see how that, that pans out of the next couple months. Very well said. Absolutely. The, the cycle of the, of the business environment. Uh, another question I have for you, because there are franchise business models out there that are looking for that, you know, I guess what I would call class A retail space. And there are certain franchise business models that are out there that don't have to have that kind of visibility. They just need office space. Do you dabble in that real estate area as well? Or are you primarily focused on more of what I call the retail forward facing? No, we we have clients that do it all. Okay, um, from from to your point, you know the 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 visible restaurant that needs to be on Main in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, we've 
you know, even have a, a veterinarian client um, that does veterinarian hospitals mm. uh, from uh, office clients to you know, employment firms, et cetera. Mm. And everybody has their unique um, strategy and, and what makes them successful. And, and the, the, really the, the key piece for us is to understand that and, and you know what's important for us when we sit down with a, a new client is 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 that important to really understand what makes you successful, and if we can put that together and understand what that is, then we can put together a program to make them successful in the real estate. Excellent. And if someone wanted to get in touch with you uh, and learn more about your services. Uh, Obviously, they can contact me, Pamela Cray at Franchise Business Radio, and uh, I would naturally make that introduction. Is there, would that be the best way, or would you want to have them contact you directly? Sure. Uh, the, uh, the Windsor Realty Group, which is just uh, windsorrealty.com, mm-hmm. uh, we'd love to talk to anybody, or, um, you know, D Wirtz. D-W-I-R-T-Z at WindsorRealty.com. Um, you know, we, we really enjoy talking to, you know, different businesses and, and trying to understand what makes them successful. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's the, the joy that we have going to the office every day to, to try to make successful businesses. Wonderful. Uh, well, in closing, uh, any random additional thoughts, advice, you would like to give to our listeners, whether you're a franchisor, franchisee, dreamer. Wow, last last. That's a minute, big it, question, big broad question. Last minute advice is uh, probably I would say take your time. Um, find if you're a franchisee, find the right fit, mm-hmm. uh, and find the right fit of, of something that you're passionate about but also that the franchisor is compatible with you and you're, you're on the same page. I think that's really, really important. Uh, franchisors, make sure you understand who your customer is. Mm. And, 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 and once you understand that, then do your best to make franchisees successful because that is your lifeblood. And I think that's most important as we sit with franchisees every day um, and, and creating that you know, that marriage with them to make them successful, then everybody wins and that becomes the win-win. And those would be the two things that I, I think would be important. All boats rise. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Uh, again, Dan Wirtz with Windsor and you've just been a wealth of knowledge and I know our listeners really, really appreciate it. Uh, again, Windsor Realty Group. And uh, just want to say not only thank you to Dan uh, for your insight and wisdom uh, regarding real estate and putting together a good strategy, but I also like to say thank you to our listeners as well as our sponsors. Uh, We're going to go ahead and we're going to sign off this show. This is Pamela Curry, the host of Franchise Business Radio and Certified Franchise Consultant. Please remember that if you or someone you know is considering franchise ownership, then you don't have to navigate those waters by yourself. If you're in that unconscious, right, unconscious, incompetent phase, turn to me. Let me let me help you navigate those waters. Let me help you get to that conscious, competent place. I specialize in helping individuals on selecting a franchise and being effective and doing their due diligence so you are able to make an educated and informed decision 
and finding the right franchise business for you. So franchise ownership is something you would really like to seriously pursue. Contact me. I'd be happy to have a complimentary consultation with you, uh, be a resource to you. Simply email me at Pam at FranchiseIntellect.com. Call, text 847-970-8765. If you are a franchisor and you want to get in touch with Dan, don't hesitate to contact me. I'll go ahead and I'll make that introduction and connection for you. As always, thank you to our guests, listeners, and sponsors. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at FranchiseBusinessRadio.com. Dot com.